Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 534 of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, Kara Clank. Kara co-hosts a fantastic uh, Law & Order SVU, yes, I did almost say Law & Order SUV, um, podcast on the Exactly Right Network called That's Messed Up. So good, and I have to say that this episode, I feel, also mirrors how awesome Uh, that podcast and Kara are. So I hope you enjoy it. I feel so certain that you will. I also just want to take a moment to acknowledge and celebrate Max Fun's Co-Optober. That's right. For the month of October, Max Fun is celebrating becoming the worker-owned co-op that it is, the wonderful, wonderful place of work that it is, and highlighting other creative co-ops. I'm so proud of being a part of a, a network that values people over profits, and we all really hope that you will celebrate with us. And so to be part of the launch crew that helps the co-op get off the ground, you can check out member exclusive merch that you can get for just a limited time at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. And I just want to remind you that MaxFun could not have done this without your support. So thank you so, so much for supporting our show and for supporting the network and all the wonderfuls therein. Happy Co-Optober! So just before we started recording, we were both talking about um, like small home projects that we had every intention of doing something about um, and still haven't. And so I'm wondering if you are in general the kind of person that's like, oh, I have a great idea. I'll dot, dot, dot when it comes to like tasks and chores and crafts and then like it doesn't get completed or you know what I mean? Like where do you fall in that scale? I am a Virgo, so I do love to make lists and cross them off. Like literally, Mamones and Virgo, girl. Mamones and Virgo. Yeah, yesterday I made this to do list in the car, and I'm like really looking forward to just like checking all the things yeah, off. Yeah. One of the things is send a picture to Janet about <laughs> for this podcast. So that Thank will be you. an easy. I made cross the off. list. I made the list. You made the list. I'm famous. <laughs> so I'm so good at that. I don't have um, like interior design projects, like that kind of stuff. Like I don't have an eye for that. Like if something needs to be fixed, I usually have to call someone. And if I want to like redo, like I want to redo my bathroom right now. And I'm kind of like just waiting until I have money to have somebody that can do the whole thing. Cause like, I I don't know how to do that stuff. Like I don't have the vision for it, but like tasks every day, like organizing my life, my kids' lives. I'm like, I'm knocking it out. Yeah. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> I, uh, I, when you said that about the bathroom, it reminded me that I am definitely like the impatient child who has good aesthetics and is, I did like work in a dis- interior design firm in my 20s, but I'm also, again, very impatient. <sighs> so, like, I am very much the person that's like, I mean, I could have done it right or had someone do it right, but I got so excited about <laughs> hanging my own wallpaper. You know what I mean? Like that sort of. Oh, like if I tried to hang my own <sighs> wallpaper, I'm, it would be disaster city. I'm good at like, yeah. I'm good at putting furniture together. Like I, yeah. I've put together that's a almost big skill. every single piece of furniture in our house I've put together. Oh, that's, that's a big deal. Not that's for a big my, deal. my husband doesn't have what we call manual dexterity. Uh-huh. Um, so like he can't zip our children's jackets up, but <laughs> yeah. 
I do, so I can do that kind of shit, but like wallpapering or replacing a sconce, like that, that yeah. I don't think that's for me. I got to call someone. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put 10 holes in the wall before I do that the right way. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, and when you said replacing the sconce, a chill ran up my spine. So I definitely <laughs> agree with that. That sounds horrible. Sconce replacement. <laughs> um, okay. So, and, and then the other thing, I usually like, I want to talk about your teen years, but, um, but I have uh, your SVU podcast uh, fresh in my mind. So um, I feel like I want to ask about that first, just very quickly, just in terms of my mea culpa that uh, I have never seen but one episode of any Law & Order. And the only one I've seen, I watched because my friends Rebecca and Kevin have a These Are Their Stories podcast. And I feel like there should be like a crossover between you guys and like you should do a theirs and they should do yours. Yeah, I've Um, heard of their podcast. But they do all of them, right? Don't they bop around to like, they do Law & Order, they do Criminal Intent. They do, yeah, they do the whole trinity. Yeah, and you've you pick you zoned in on what is arguably again from my extraordinarily limited knowledge <laughs> the most disturbing version. Yes, <laughs> okay. Yes. I thought you were right. going to say most popular, but yes, most disturbing. For sure. That may be true too, yeah. and they may be very closely tied to each other. But and, and I like regular. I like I've I've watched Jerry Orbach. You know, he's a legend. I used yeah. to watch some of the regular Chris Noth. Like I used to watch those days, but. Um, it doesn't it just doesn't hit for me the way SVU does and I feel like a yeah. lot of um, female viewers kind of feel the same way which is weird and people ask me all the time like why do you think people are so into just SVU yeah and I mean I always say the same thing which is that like it's just a fantasy of the justice system like as women I feel like we walk around in this world pretty much me too prove that like everyone's had something like not great happened to them uh and that runs the gamut but like in this world when these crimes happen like a, a detective is gonna find these people whether you want her to or not like she's uh-huh. she, sometimes they're like leave it alone detective I don't want you to prosecute and they're like we're gonna actually find this guy on our own time like yeah. they yeah. just do it and then there's a trial and it, it all happens in 43 minutes like it's yeah. so satisfying yes and, you know, I also love this squad of detectives. Like, we, you know, you love Stabler, you love Benson, John Munch, you know, Belzer, Richard Belzer, and Ice T bring the comedy kind of. So it's, um, it is a disturbing show, but I, I just love it. I totally respect that um, as a consumer of like a bunch of true crime stuff. I'm the last person to point a finger <laughs> at wanting, at wanting the victims to be special. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Um, are you also do you consume true crime stuff or are you more living in that satisfying space okay so you you do both you have the this ties up in a nice package but then you also subject yourself to like the stuff that makes us all crazy uh, most of us women uh, who who are into the other side of that which is like and then you have to look at like how this doesn't happen the way it should well yeah that's what our podcast is we do the true crime that the episode's based on. That's right. So like yes. if they do a Michael Jackson oh, episode, we talk about Michael Jackson. Yes. If they do like a Dominique Strauss-Kahn episode, we do that episode. You know, we talk yes. about that crime. So, you know, you we don't always know like for sure, for sure what the writers were had in mind or whatever, but yeah. a lot of times we do because we've actually talked to like the executive producer or the yeah. showrunner for many of the seasons. And um, 
or like we've talked to a writer one time. We actually had the wrong crime in mind one time and we talked to the writer of the episode as an interview. And oh, she yeah. goes, so this is what it's based on. And we were like, oh, we hadn't even thought about that. It was like based oh, on something totally different. So, you know, so yes, I've always been a big true crime person. I love docs. I, we, I just talked about this on another podcast, like being on a family vacation where, you know, we used to go on family vacations where you'd just be in somebody's weird vacation house and there'd be just like a li- like a shelf of books. And yeah. me like in like third or fourth grade like paging through this book about this woman who killed her kids and wow. then like tried to blame it on someone else like there's been many of those I can't even put the name on the person but oh yeah it's like I've just always been into it so that's my first memory my first true crime memory <laughs> but like you know my first vacation memory <laughs> I've listened Amazing. to like I've listened to some true crime podcasts and I watch the docs my family's really into it like when I come home for the holidays or for summertime we'll all like gather around and like see a new peacock two-part documentary uh-huh. together you know like we're nuts I think that's kind of wonderful, though. I mean, that's something that um, I feel like a lot of people, when I talk to them about the sort of true crime, like they do feel like they're the sort of lonely island of, you know, (laughs) I'm not like I have to sneak off to like listen to my true crime podcast over Thanksgiving break because everyone thinks I'm crazy. And so I actually love that your family can get on board for, you know, watching it and being able to discuss it together and stuff. Yeah, my husband always jokes that he came home for me one Christmas when we were, come came home with me, excuse me, when we were dating and we just watched Making a Murderer over Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you guys are just going to keep watching? And we were like, yeah, there's like they seven more episodes. They at Christmas. They yeah. did it on purpose. <laughs> they wanted us yeah. to watch. Like we'd watch three and be like, okay, next one. And he'd be like, are you guys serious? Like he doesn't like binging <laughs> and especially murder on Christmas. He I'm coming to your house for Christmas. Yeah, he's like, you guys are deranged. I'm like, well, we do quote Silence of the Lambs to each other. I don't know what to tell you. Like, we're wild. I am the missing family member. (laughs) I need to join this family. Where, when you say you're going home for Christmas, where is that? Where are you heading My family is in Connecticut, like about less than an hour outside of New York City. Okay, and is that where you grew up as well? Are they still in the same place? That's where I grew up, yeah. Okay, what, uh, and so when we talk about Connecticut, I feel like on the podcast, um, I'm trying to think of like, key words that come up. I would say white is one of them. Yeah. I don't know if that I don't know if that's Oh yeah, baby. I know there's t- towns that maybe have a little more diversity, but um was it one of the like teensy towns? Was it more of or like were you in a city? Like what what was the makeup so of I'm your in place? like a small I grew up in like a small rich town for like commuters into New York City for like yep, people okay. that, you know, so um, but I would say our family was a little bit weird because I'm one of six kids. So even like my parents moved to this town for the schools and like the opportunity, sure. of course, but like we like people in my grades were getting like convertibles for their 16th birthday. And I was like, I hope my station wagon starts, you know, like, so we were like, I feel like I absolutely grew up with so much privilege, but I was not like as rich as my peers by any stretch. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, that's also something that, I mean, not to say that I haven't had people from families of true means who are, you know, Again, self-selecting. If I'm interviewing people that I'm excited about talking to and I like, the the chances that they're going to like make fun of their privilege are fairly high. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say they're in the minority. Surprise, surprise. That's how America looks. That's the shape of America. Is not everyone's rich. Um, but I do feel like there is a, there is kind of a through line of people, especially in comedy or in you know or or actors, because I I've certainly talked to other folks too, but who were the sort of like you know, 
Molly Ringwald character in Pretty in Pink a little bit more in that direction than like being in the sort of yeah and I got a convertible like it feels like the experience of even being at the bottom of the totem pole or near however you want to think of that uh, economically is is still uh, creates that different sense of humbleness that maybe you just don't you know, and it's not yeah. your fault if you grew up super rich. Uh, that's, no, you know what I mean. Like that's not anyone's fault, but it might create a different sense of reality than always. Like looking and seeing, like, oh, these people, like you said, like this yeah. person has a very different experience of what money feels and looks like and how it's used than I do in my family. You know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I do a stand up in my stand up album. I call myself rich people adjacent. Yep. Like I'm very like I. I know how to handle myself around rich people. I know, you know, I know how to go to a national charity league party or whatever, I but it's not like, know how to do those I don't have like, I'm not, you know, because then I went to a rich kid's school for college after like, cause that was like the pipeline, you know, I wasn't sure. going to go to like, like a cool hippie school or whatever from that background. I could have, but I didn't. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I know that world, but I definitely never feel like I'm like a super part of it. Like I'm a, yeah, like, you know, meet me at the club, darling. You know, none of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so w- when you're trying to get your uh, station wagon to start, what <laughs> are you, what are you driving into? Um, or is it a full on like private school, high school oh, public. that you went to? Or was it so public? It was public. Yeah. That's like why and, people yeah. move to this town because it's like good public oh, right. schools. The school system. You know? Doi. Yeah. 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 I can't believe I just said doi. This, these are, no. <laughs> this is what happens when you start talking about your teen years. Um, and were you going to when you say they moved there for the schools, like, does that mean that they had firmly established themselves like when the first members of your uh, siblings were born? Or so were you like a kid who was like, we all went to the same school and I was just another one of the clinks like or you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm the oldest of the six. Oh, so okay. my parents had my parents had three kids in New York City. And that's when I think you have to cash out like nobody <laughs> to even stay in New York City with two kids is wild but when you have three it's like you got to get out of there like I just don't know unless you again are rolling in money I don't understand how you have more than like truly two kids in the city and that's even a stretch um and so they went out to Connecticut where my mom actually had grown up in Stamford Connecticut which is a city um there are like five cities in Connecticut and they're all kind of weird and not great but um I mean (laughs) no offense I mean I went to college in Hartford and I had a good time but yeah so then we moved to this other town for a bigger house because my parents were like, oh, we're going to just keep having a stupid number of kids. And so (laughs) we had, when they had six kids, I think they were like, okay, where's the best place to send these six children to school for free? And so they Mm -hmm, moved mm -hmm. to this town. And then also my parents spent money irresponsibly. Like my parents have constantly my whole life been like, the IRS is banging down our door. So now I'm so psycho about money, like, because of that that um upbringing that I'm like sure I pay every credit card bill in full I'm just like you cannot spend beyond your means if you don't have the money you can't do the thing like so you know that's that's why my bathroom has all these mismatched tiles you know (laughs) I just haven't been able to do the project because I'm not gonna I can't do it um half or I can't and I can't overextend myself so yeah we moved to this town we start I started um elementary school there all my siblings and I went to the same school my mom is a pediatrician so she's basically taking care of all the town's children. Yes. Um, there's a warring pediatrician, so not everyone. Ooh, she's she's half and half. But tense. I'm friends with the daughter of that other pediatrician. So we'd like, had, uh-huh. you know, our parents were fighting the, pedi- the pediatric wars of this little town. Um, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, we all went to the same middle school. We all went to the same high school, like just pretty, yeah, 
But you were the first. So yeah, I was so you were coming into inherited expectations. You were the you were setting the expectations exactly. for everybody. And did you fall into the I'm also kind of caring for my youngest siblings because I'm the eldest like my mom did? Yes, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like yeah. um we're 1 2 3, my brother met me, my brother, my sister, and then 5 years after my sister there's twins and then my youngest brother, so they were like my children because I was 7 and 9 when they were born. Sure. So I'm like they, I was. I got pictures of myself like feeding them bottles, looking haggard when I'm like eight uh-huh. years old, <laughs> like a, a young single mom at age eight. <laughs> Is that? It, or did you have the family where it's sort of like everyone kind of jokes about the fact that you keep like in getting siblings or was it sort of you know what I mean like were your parents very open about that like I don't know we just keep having kids or well was my that mom just a thing is, that's my mom is one of fourteen. So for my mom, it was like, yeah, for my mom, but she had the most of any of her siblings. Like my mom, (gasps) my mom's siblings, the, like the closest to her is, I think one of them has four and that's, and then my mom has six. And so like, no, so I think my mom was like, I just love having kids, which is crazy because it's like you're a pediatrician, you're with kids all day and then you come home to like a small, like, you know, a basketball (laughs) team. Like it's so weird. (laughs) And then, um, and then my dad's an only child. And so he grew up like very lonely in New York City and was like, I wish I had more, more kids. And so that's what his he met this woman from a big family and was like, yes, like I want to yeah. have all these kids. 14. Nowadays, it feels like so crazy. Like I have two of my own kids and I used to be like, I'm going to have four because it has the big family feel, but not, it's not, it's doable. <laughs> and now I'm like two. My husband has got a vasectomy last month. Like we're done. <laughs> like it's so, but that could also yeah. just be today. Everything's so much more expensive. And like, you sure. know, when my mom was growing up 14 kids, she truly was like, we all had one pair of shoes. We all had like two outfits. Like, like, you know, it was yeah. not. So I don't know how you freaking do that, but they, that's what they all did. And do you have, are you close with, I mean, do you have 13 sets of aunt, uncle iterations that yeah. you Yeah. Well, I have are, a lot of aunts. Well? I have a lot of aunts and uncles. I know some better than others. Some are like a little bit more just like reclusive. Like they just do their own thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm like uh, pretty close with my uh, cousins that grew up in New York City and uh you know, I got a Trumper cousin who blocked me on it. Facebook. I don't know. So once your family gets big enough, you, yeah. everybody's got at least one Trumper <laughs> exactly. that blocks them on Facebook. It's, it's going to happen. That's just the numbers. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a statistic. Um, exactly. So, yeah. What is your experience of being in high school like in that in that place other than you know sort of people having maybe a little bit more and in some cases maybe ridiculously more um to kind of throw around when they're in high school like are you a good student um uh, what are the kinds of kids that you're hanging out with and like what are you excited about when you're a teen okay so when I got to high school like I my mom was like very crazy about the college track thing. Like she was just, I think I'm the first one. She was just like, we started looking at colleges when I was a sophomore. Like I had, you know, said was signed up for the PSAT like immediately. It was, it was like very that, like she made me take the ACT, even though that's like a test Midwestern kids take. Cause she was like, uh-huh. let's just see if you do well, you know? So she was like very psycho about that. I got to high school and I was always like a good student. I wouldn't say I was a great student. And that's only because... I just refused to put the work in like I would do the things that got me excited. I would do really like projects and like, you know, stuff like that. I would work really hard on. But 
and I was and I excelled at like English and um, history and not as much in, you know, math and science I did not do well in. So I basically kind of figured out like, OK, if I want to get into a good college, I need to like be, quote unquote, well-rounded. I need to like do all these clubs. So I was like the most active person in high school I was like the editor of I was an editor on my I wrote on the student newspaper I was the editor of the yearbook I was the treasurer of the school like I I had I I volunteered at a nursing home like I just wanted my college applications I wanted my college applications to be like look her grades are okay but look how much other stuff she does how could she possibly get great grades when she's (laughs) at a nursing home tending to the elderly exactly understood you got it so what and also when I was in high school I would say I had like my horrible years were seventh grade like seventh grade was like the worst year of my life it was like yeah. everybody being Middle so mean blows. like horrible like who was be- who wasn't getting bullied I don't know who the bullies were because every single person I can think of was getting bullied I know it's so like I'm not sure what's going on there I mean besides the girls that were like super mean to me I'm like who had a great seventh grade I like I've never yeah. met a person um, yeah. or eighth sometimes for people it, it fluctuates sixth seventh eighth that whole area but for me seventh so in eighth grade I met kind of all my best friends and then they were really like my best friends ninth grade through high school and um with an addition of like a couple kids who like came to the school like I had some friends yeah. who moved to the school in ninth grade and a bunch of them became my friends and so I was like okay at sports but not great like I didn't make the field hockey team sophomore year but then I was pretty good at lacrosse um I yeah and and I and I I was friends with the popular kids but I wasn't one of like their best friends like I was I knew where the parties were on the weekend but I was going right. with like my group I wasn't I wouldn't say I was in like the top popular but I because I was so involved in so many things like yearbook and student government and all this stuff like I knew everybody and I feel like I was on a yeah. pretty good I was on a pretty good um l- like I had a pretty good rapport with everybody I would say so yeah. I didn't like hate high school but I don't think I peaked in high school because I don't I don't think that that's a great experience I people. do not <laughs> think that's a great experience either but I but it is interesting like you know to sort of be in that position I love that it was treasurer like I was <laughs> yeah, secretary yeah. in in junior high by high school I was like you know way too into rebelling and not I guess that seemed too responsible but but I was secretary but that was because like that was the safe office for me to run for because I stood a chance to actually maybe win because the really cool kids were da da da. So that was my question. It's like, I, it doesn't sound to me based on your experience of math and science that you were necessarily like, everyone knows I know how to crunch the numbers. I mean, I literally <laughs> just told you how bad I was at math. Like, it's crazy yeah. that I ran for this, but it was the same thing. I knew I could get that one. I ran yeah. against a popular girl, but she was head cheerleader and pretty dumb. Oh my God, oh, I hope no. she's not listening. <laughs> but like, I just think people didn't think she was smart. And so I ran against her. <sighs> Her, and in my speech, I had had a party my sophomore year when my parents were out of town that was like pretty cool. Like the cops never came and I tried to replicate it my junior year and the cops did come and I uh-huh. did get in quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> but the sophomore year party went off great and everybody uh-huh. really came and had a wild night. And so in my speech, I was like, vote for me and I'll throw another party. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so John Hughes like, like Exactly. It was like very like can't hardly wait or whatever. And Oh my God. So, if you want to see another pizza on the yeah. record, player <laughs> amazing so like i so then that election actually she contested it and said people were <gasps> cheating and then they oh, they re-ran the votes and God. i won again early so, voting scandal yes, fake news yes there was a full voting machine wow. there was 
house. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like I remember them calling my house and talking to my mom and being like, they have to redo the votes because they think people were cheating or voting twice or whatever. And so I was like, yeah, rerun the votes. And then I won again. And I was like, <laughs> I'm telling you the power, the power of the party. Like, <laughs> I guess so. God, I don't even know. Like, had the situation be reversed, would you, were you the kind of kid who would have been like, yeah, I think I was cheated. Count those votes again? Because I wouldn't have. I would have been like, it's going to be incredibly embarrassing if that they didn't cheat. I would yes. rather just t- t- mouth off to people in private and totally. like spread the rumor that it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, rather than no actually. There's no way I would have challenged it. There's no yeah. way. I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all voted for the head cheerleader. I get it. You know, like, yeah, even though yeah. it's weird because cheerleading like got dorky at my school towards the end of high mm. school. It really depends on the squad, don't you think? Like, it I think started it probably to does. get lame towards the end of high school and everybody was like, oh, the cheerleaders. But when my best friend's older sister was a cheerleader, they were like gods. So like, I, yeah. it's so funny how that changes. But, you know, those different dynamics. Yeah. So anyway, and I yeah again that's I how I that's how I that's how I dominate and I bidened my uh, <laughs> treasury my treasury position in school. And were do, were you dating? Did you have time to date? No, I was like yeah. so not interested in guys at all. Like it, okay. honestly, I was like such a late bloomer on that. Where like sure. I went to a dance, I went to like dances with like uh, I think I went to like. A couple dances with guys and then for prom I would just bring my guy friends or whatever and I just sure. really yeah I wasn't into that and also I was pretty like like a comedian like I was loud and I feel like a lot of guys were like scared of me or something you know like I just yeah. was it wasn't happening for me and honestly yeah not until college was I really like oh should I be like dating people like it just wasn't really <laughs> like you know some of my friends had boyfriends and I was like that seems like a lot I just like it never really sure. appealed to me that much and, but did you have the hormones that were causing you to like have crushes or have crushes on like, like musicians and you know what I mean? Like, like oh, external, yeah. like, I don't ever have to act on this because this person is a character in a book. Like, yes. That sort I of had thing. my Keanu Reeves and my Brad Pitt and my Chris O'Donnell yeah. up on my wall. I had all my yeah, like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like, um, but I, um, yeah, I feel like maybe the hormones kicked in later for me. I never, I don't remember being like, oh, I'm so horny. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Like, or anything like that. But I did have little crushes, of course. I would, I would be like, yeah. oh, that guy's cute or whatever. But then I remember just thinking like, all oh, the guys at this school are lame. Like, I think I just was like, maybe that was self-protection, you know? Because like nobody was really interested in me. But I was like, and they all suck anyway, <laughs> you know? So well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, like you said, it's the dynamic of whatever that particular school year is and stuff. And like, it does, it seems entirely possible that, you know, you wouldn't be the first person who was like, I don't know, no one in right in front of me was really doing it for me. Yeah. You know? And my mom was like, don't have sex till marriage, even though I'm sure she didn't follow that for herself. Now that I'm older, I'm like, I think I feel yeah. like you didn't do that. Um, yeah. But she was like, don't have sex till marriage. So like when I would hear about people having sex, I'd be like, oh, no, don't do that. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, so I'm really trying to like um, come at all of that with a very different approach with my um, children. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a good I mean. Because, you know, obviously there are teenagers at the age where when their parents tell them that the first thing on their list is to do the exact opposite. And yes, go rebel and go have sex. So it sounds like you guys, you and your mom had a good relationship 
when you were a teen. Yeah, I really, I did have a good relationship with my mom. My mom is like cool. Like, I mean, she's like the breadwinner in my family. Like, I thought, oh, like she's a female doctor. Like, people would always be like, your mom's a doctor. Even though it was like the 80s, it still felt like people were being weird about that. Um, yeah. So I just always thought she was like a badass. Um, but I also drank and I smoked cigarettes. Like, you know, I was doing oh, other okay. things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. It was just like the sex stuff. I was like, no. Um, uh-huh. Probably because I just like didn't even know what that, what I would even be supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. Even though I was tuning into Skinamax whenever I could on the weekends, oh, God, um, Skinamax. You know? Yeah. I mean, wait. Did that? Does that mean that they had it, or oh yeah, that you would be at someone's house? No, your parents we had, had it. it. My parents got <gasps> all the movie. You're the channels. parent. No wonder everyone wanted to come over. Yeah, we had all the movie Ooh. channels, which was so crazy. Like, not always, because I remember. I don't know if you remember this. This is like a wild thing. Like we had a cable box with an AB button on it. I don't know what that did, but if you went to like the Playboy oh, yeah. channel and you hit that button nonstop, oh my god, you could I haven't kind of this. unscramble the porn a little bit and see like a boob or whatever. Oh, and we'd be like, let's try it. And then at some yeah. point, my parents just like bought HBO, Cinemax, the movie channel, and Showtime. And so yeah. at night when they would go out, I would just we'd be like watching Red Shoe Diaries and like oh hell yeah, real sex contact taxi cab confessions and shit like that so that's where I was getting a lot of my education and I think I was like you know what sex is not for me right now I don't think it's for me I completely get it (laughs) I completely get it and that's yeah that's often puts it into the yeah an even more kind of unrealistic lens that if that's what you think it is then that's not going to turn up for you at in high school like that's not gonna I was just like this is for adults this isn't for me yeah you know (laughs) which is weird because now that you're saying that like I'm sure I've had this thought before but I could not I can't it doesn't feel like it but like were any adults watching Retro Diaries? It almost seems like the softcore stuff was made for teenagers yeah. <laughs> to like illicitly watch. I, I just don't know if you're. I yeah, mean, if, I, if you're being an adult, the age I am now, that's probably not like I'm not going to gravitate towards that. Yeah, like if you're an adult, aren't you watching just like the full Monty? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> this is very interesting. I feel I, I feel like I need to I need to like do the research and like find someone who was at HBO or, or I guess Cinemax, Cinemax back then and be like, what, what were was, those conversations? Yeah. Happen? Like, what was what, the demo? Were you guys like, who yeah, you going exactly. Because they if they I, I, it would not surprise me at all if they were like uh, predominantly boys 12 to 15 <laughs> and then like <laughs> second sleepovers. down girls 12 to 15. And then, yeah, totally, totally. Um Okay, so no dating. And then when you, your mom was saying no sex before marriage, is that attached to a particular religion? And did you have to go to church or did you choose to go to church? I Here's what's put it in crazy. Context. My mom grew up Catholic, a la the 14 children. But then my dad is Jewish. And when they met, it was very important for my dad, he said, to have his kids be Jewish. And by that time, my mom wasn't really like practicing. She was, you know, like she didn't really have a connection to Catholicism. So she was like, that's Mm -hmm. fine with me. So we were raised Jewish. Like I went to Hebrew school. We went to temple. My mom never converted because she was like, truly, I just don't have time for this. Uh, Uh And so she never converted, but we were raised like Jewish. Like I, like my husband has a joke where I say, I know nothing of Jesus because like I I never knew anything about (laughs) Jesus until I took a college class about religion when I was like, oh, this is the story. Like I just didn't even know what the story was. So, Even like going back to be with your mom's family, like nobody yeah, like was nobody sort of pushing was an really, agenda or anything. I mean, I have one aunt who is still very into She's carrying you know, the torch for the whole yes, family, Catholic iconography and stuff, and and. You know, but we, you know, yeah, we would get together and it wasn't like we w- would all go to church together or anything like that. Or anyone would be going to church. It would just be like, you know, family reunions were pretty like agnostic, I would say. 
Got it. Yeah. And so you and you didn't mention like theater or choir or like instruments or anything like that. Were you doing any of that? Um, yeah. So I guess I sang. I did choir in middle school. And then like in high school, I really wanted to try out for the musicals because I had done them in middle school. And I was like so scared. I just was too scared because there were like a few girls that just like were great at singing and I can sing. But I was like, I'm not as good as them. And I just got too scared. And I never tried out for the musicals. But towards the end of high school, I did some like uh improv stuff and I did theater like at, like just plays yeah and I had a great time with that and then I knew I was gonna get into that stuff in college I think I was just like it feels weird to do that in in high school like I felt like the competition from some of these like hot girls that did musical theater was like too much yeah. and like yeah. sadly none of them none of these very talented girls pursued any of it like hmm. all these girls that were so good at it are like real estate agents and stay-at-home moms and like that's fine but yeah. it's like I think I'm one of the only people that's even like pursuing a career in it now of that yeah high school so Interesting. You know, it is funny how that stuff works. I used to be like, oh, these girls are going to like win Oscars. Like these girls are going to go right, to Hollywood. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, so good. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they're using their talents like in other ways, but um, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting when you have that experience where so much of you have such a strong impression of someone and it's based on something very specific and something admirable. Like it's hard for I mean, like, of course, you're going to kind of attach that to them ongoing. Yeah. Without us having any idea. Like I have the same thing. I have people I went to high school and particularly college with who I'm like, oh, I've never like bumped into them or I never, you know, and I, the truth is like, I have absolutely no idea. Like that person could have been like, that was fun, but that wasn't right. really me. And you never and know I wouldn't what even know that circumstances are and stuff. The other thing, too, is like. In comedy, I know, like, groups of people, like, hugely successful comedians that all went to NYU, all went to Georgetown, yeah. all went to Emerson. So there are pockets of people where there's, like, multiple success stories out of places. I know that happens. But, yeah. like, and college, I get, I went to a super small college. So, and I know there's people still pursuing the arts that I went to college with. But, yeah, yeah it, in high school, I just really, I, it, it really, like, reminded me that, like, um, I guess sort of... Um, I, I think just like a little bit of the whole like vibe of growing up in suburban Connecticut, like just stuck with these people. And a lot of them are back there and doing this, like raising their kids there. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I didn't even hate high school. I'm just like, I just never thought any of us were coming back here. You know, yeah, <laughs> That's just yeah. I didn't think that, you know, I totally get that. So, I totally get that. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Daniel Barwella, technology and data specialist. I'm here with... 
Kira Gowan, Ad Operations Specialist, and we are both worker owners here at Maximum Fun. October is National Co-op Month, so we're celebrating our brand new co-op and others with an event called Co-Optober. We've got special events all month long, starting with a live Q&A on YouTube, where MaxFun worker owners will answer your questions on Friday, October 6th, and much more to come. We also want to tell you about some incredible limited edition merch exclusively available to MaxFun members until the end of October. If you're already a member of MaxFun, you've shown that you care about our shows and what we do. If you also want to help launch us into this new cooperative era and show off your support, go ahead and get yourself a hat, pin, or shirt. We worked with some of our favorite artists to make them really special. For details on merch, all of our upcoming events like Meetup Day and more, visit MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Happy Co-Optober! I want to get into this MASH game with you. Ooh, uh, we're playing I'm MASH. Very, we're definitely playing MASH. I am very excited about uh, some of these answers. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to tailor a little bit towards um, <laughs> maybe something of the SVU or true crime world. Okay. Uh, but let me start with, let's start with three places in the world, uh, whether you've been there or not, that you think would be fun to have another home that you could, you know, could sort of teleport you to, almost like you go through a doorway and I would want house. to. Like, and now I'm in my, yeah, now I'm in my place in Tokyo or, yeah. you know, Bali or whatever. Yeah. Three places that you would like to have another home. I would like to have another place in Rome, Italy. Wonderful. Um, I mean, if teleportation is a thing, I guess like, yeah, like Bali or the Maldives or something like that. Great. Which one do you want me to put oh, down? Okay. Put the Maldives so I'm not copying okay. your Bali. Oh. Um, and then... Uh, I mean, this is like a New York City. I would like to have a place in New York That's City. That's a cop out. Yeah. That's great. Because I go back. I would love to have a place there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next one. Let's do um, three. <laughs> I really am like shoehorning SVU in here, but I can't help that. I love it too much. Uh, let's do three episodes that you would love to have been a part of in some way, whether you wrote on it or you got to act <laughs> in it or you got to direct it or, you know what I mean? Like, and if you don't remember the exact names, yeah, you could right. just be like, uh, the one with blah, 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 or the one where such and such happens. Okay, I'll just I'll just name you three of um, what I think are some of the campiest, funniest episodes. Great, great. So one is called Wildlife, and um, Elliot Stabler does go undercover into an animal smuggling ring, and at one point, <laughs> the captain opens a basketball and a gibbon monkey comes out and puts its arms around him. So that's like an amazing <laughs> moment. Amazing. Um, <laughs> um, another episode is called Beef. It's where um, Olivia Benson goes undercover at a meatpacking plant to expose um, a, a man who is um, who murdered a documentarian trying to expose the uh, <laughs> the health violations happening at the meatpacking plant. Is that based on something real? Oh no. No, okay. these are not. These are not. Ba- these are actually these are ones we've done at our live shows because when we do our live shows, we don't really touch the true crime part because we're like Got it's it. a little bit depressing to come out on a Friday night to a comedy show and have us 100%. then be like, and then she was actually murdered and was yes. her body was never found. You know, like we, so we don't Understood. do that. So these two we've done at our live shows, and then gosh, Perfect. oh my god, what's a third one? There is an episode called Bombshell where Rose McGowan is having an affair with her twin brother. Brother. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's having an affair. They're just dating. They're they're hooking up. They're in a sexual relationship. Um, and there's so many more. Oh my god, oh there's so many more. God. But those are those. Okay, let me ask one quick question about the Rose McCallum one. So, what? <laughs> where do I start? How? It, I don't know what their teen that? years were like. <laughs> like like who like what is the context do you know what i mean like is someone showing up and be like we need to get the police involved these well, two adult the twins are dating is, no the context is is like you don't know that they're dating they are she is grifting men like and okay. he's like her okay. partner basically like got they, it, you got know it, got like got he, they're to get like they're grifting people and then the twist is their brother and sister and they know it and they're like she's like we're soulmates we were in the womb together you don't even get what our connection is like and it's like jesus (laughs) but then again i don't know when this came out but it was like everybody was talking about those lannisters or whatever yeah game of thrones it was like they weren't even twins you know they didn't even get that sweet womb time together they barely understand what it's like to be your soulmate with your sibling they barely compared to rose that is an amazing episode okay this is exciting i'm very excited that uh at the end of this you will have been involved in one of those episodes um okay next one let's do three foods that uh in this reality you know you can't have an unlimited amount of for any number of reasons maybe it's uh, ecological maybe it's just too much sugar and it makes you sick in this world all all of those things go away no one is harmed including you nothing is harmed three things that you can have at the snap of your finger whenever you want in perpetuity oh gosh okay well I'm a I'm a vegetarian. Well, I'm a pescatarian, so I am really into cheese. I mean, I just eat yep. a lot of cheese. I'm just a cheese. My husband says I'm a cheesetarian. It's not a good joke. Uh-huh. It's just a true joke. Um, so, um, cheese. And now I'm struggling to not be like pizza because that's also just cheese with bread. Um, God. Okay, I actually love baby carrots and I eat them all day. Like I just have okay. a bag of them. So I do love baby carrots, cheese, and I can't believe I'm giving you baby carrots, which is a thing you can already eat an unlimited amount of without any problem. But this protects oh, you. This is like this is like so you This is like, like sin list. This is like oh, okay. I could Take eat, off baby I can carrots. eat beef because beef is not cow. Beef is Got like a it. product that is made bacon. from a wholesome bacon. Okay, great. Take off baby carrots and put bacon because that is one of the only things I really miss from being a vegetarian because I haven't eaten meat in 17 years and I miss bacon a lot. Um, Also, hard salami is so good, but don't put that. Um, Okay. (laughs) um, Oh, like, like, um, honestly, chocolate fribble milkshake from Friendly's specifically, which is a Northeastern chain that I believe is slowly going out of business. I don't even know if any exist anymore. But a chocolate. It's true that it's true that I haven't seen a friendlies in a minute. Yeah, but I do think you're right that there's like a handful out there. Yeah. Okay, chocolate fribble. I don't know what fribble is, but I love it. I mean, what is fri- what is fribble? That's just the friendlies version of a chocolate milkshake, but they but they bring it to you in like a little glass, but then they bring you okay. like a sidecar in a big yes. metal thing, and so That's when you're done, satisfying. you get to like refill it. And when yeah. I was a kid, that was just everything. I was just like, yes, I'm not done. There's more. Oh my like, god, <laughs> I could not. I I have to say, I actually still have that feeling about anything where they're like, Here's and this little, is also yours, yeah. but it feels like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Okay, great. Uh, che- I got cheese. I got bacon. I got chocolate fribbles from Friendly's. Uh, next category, 
all due respect to your wonderful husband, all due respect, this is MASH. So I will need three romantic oh. interests. No um, you could, he's dead to you. That could have happened faster. Uh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Um, I am a widow yeah. and I'm horny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they can be characters from books. They can be cartoons. They can be, sure. you know, Paul Newman at X age in life, blah, this blah, blah, so funny. whatever you want. My podcast co-host and I went on this like po- podcast where we did a um, newlywed game and she basically had to guess like, uh, a, a television family I would like to be a part of. Oh yeah! And what I ended up putting down was the family from Bluey. Do you know Bluey? Oh, it's like a kid. Yes, it's, it's like a kid. S- and she goes, "That's oh. right. I forgot you want to fuck the dad from Bluey." <laughs> no, I don't. I just think he's a That's great a dad. Question. It's a different. Yeah, it was proposition. Like, it's not sexual. I just think he's such a good dad. <laughs> okay, so my answers are Paul Rudd. Great. I love Paul great Rudd. Answer. I love Chris Pine. Yep. And then who else? Who do I, I mean, have? you're picking some very well-rounded, yeah. irrefutably handsome, but also very grounded. And like and they like do comedy pretty well. Funny. You know, yeah. like I yes, like the yes, funny yes, guys yes. because, yes, yeah, like 100%. I'm never like a yeah. Leo DiCaprio. I'm never like that kind of, uh, no. I mean, although Brad Pitt is um, pretty gorgeous. Um, let's see. Who else? Oh, you know what? Jake Gyllenhaal, I met him once in person, and it really blows you away how hot he is in real life. Interesting. You're saying that like you know that people like me are like, God, he's not someone I think of. He no, doesn't, I know. Like, but, I know. Uh, but then you but the, but that's true that you see people in person. And you're like, oh, I just this is a different experience. I always thought he was like hot or whatever. Like, oh, that's a handsome guy. But then when I like saw yeah. him in real life, I was like, oh, you're like, there's like something about him. He's like really mm-hmm. hot. And you know yeah. who also is so much more beautiful in real life, even though she's so beautiful on screen, I think is Jennifer Aniston. Like in real life, her eyes are like a sparkly color that is like, it doesn't feel like is real. Interesting. Like the CGI. I think is really, yeah. <laughs> that's, first of all, I've never, I have never seen her or met her in person. So that's fascinating to me. And it's true that eye color is it's such a game changer when you've only seen someone you have an image of their of what they look like and maybe you've never noticed because the their the way their eyes are lit is not blah 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 like the way the when, eyes are when lit you on meet friends, someone and their eyes not, are yeah. bright blue or their eyes are green or their eyes are like in a way that you realize if you'd been asked what color their eyes are you wouldn't have known the answer totally and you're totally shocked by like the way it changes someone's face yes. off screen i completely agree and now it's my number one goal to meet her in person that's really yeah creepy. i mean and I it's her all not for very, any good reason i met her very yeah. briefly but i think she remembers no she doesn't i'm sure she does, <laughs> I'm sure she does. it was like I'm sure she does. truly 17 years ago uh-huh. <laughs> oh so you became a pescatarian shortly yes, thereafter i'm right sure there's after. a connection <laughs> interesting a lot was going on 17 years ago um okay next category let's do three alternate universe jobs and you know what you're, you're, you're it's the good stuff i don't want you to like i would i would lean in and be like oh but then you have to blah 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 it's like the highlights of what you assume what sounds good about other jobs you know what i mean yeah, like what? I mean, if you want to take what that would be a cool job? Okay, okay. Wait, and is this something like where I'm? Uh, I would actually have to be good at it, and re- or I can be good no. at this. You, 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 okay. you are also in this world. You are good at whatever it is, even if in real life you're not. I mean, it would be fun to be a like an Adele, just like a concert singer. Yeah. 
Like you're not like I don't want to do uh, a lot of choreo and I don't need a lot of yeah. I'm not going to fly like pink in a fucking trampoline yeah. uh, in a trapeze. But I could yeah. just stand on stage and belt out some tunes yes. and make some jokes the way Adele does. I think that would be absolutely a great, a great job. So Wonderful. I hope you wrote Sean twos. Um, and then, I wish I had. I'm, I put Adele type and that's like Adele the most type. unimaginative way. And then I'm putting Sean twos. I I've, I think about this all the time. I'm always like, oh, like my friend always says to me, your talents are wasted in the create like um like because I would she always says I would be really good in the corporate world because I'm really organized and I make spreadsheets and this and that. But I don't think that would actually be fun. Like I'm trying to think yeah. like, oh, I'm like a CEO, but I actually think that would suck. Um, yeah, I do too. Um, okay, tell her she needs to rethink where your talents are and where yeah. they're being wasted. Oh, I would. Would being a pilot be kind of a fun job if you if like you took I mean, away the I risk think of it death? Would. Like yeah, you just get to fly would. and then go different places and travel. I think that would be kind yeah. of cool. Um, and then my third one. Oh, I don't. I know that a million people probably think that they would be good at this, but I've always thought it'd be so fun to plan the soundtracks for like movies and TV shows. Oh, dude, I love that. I wish more people thought of that on the spot during MASH because you are so I've always right. been like, I wish I could oh. do that. Like, this is such a perfect song for this scene, yes. you know? Yes, I. It's so funny because I was just, I just rewatched, um, because I'm in like sketch fest mode, so I'm doing a lot of math and budgets and it, I, it drains my soul and makes me feel empty inside. So I have to put on <laughs> something I've seen before to like, yeah, I'm watching TV, yeah, even yeah. though I couldn't tell you a thing that happens. Right. Except that I've already seen the episode, but I had, had rewatched um, Manhunter. Mindhunter? Oh, yeah, Mindhunter. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, that. And and that has such a great soundtrack. So I was just talking about like, Do you damn, like. Are getting any more of that? Good. I don't think so. Mm. I think they I think they killed it. Yeah. And I really liked it. I, I mean, too. it's a, it's I like the vibe of it. It had its own special like finchery, but then it wasn't fincher anymore, so people were doing their own stuff with it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Soundtrack. Perfect. Um good okay. soundtrack. Now that being said, we did just bring up true crime again, so I'm gonna enter in a new category, which Ooh. is um are there like real life cases? Things that are mysteries or things that have not been brought fully to justice for one reason or another that we that you would like to that we can like use this category to get resolved. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, like what really are my top kill, three blah, blah, blah. crimes that I'm like, if I could snap my fingers and just solve them? Yes. It's so basic, but Jean Bonnet, I got to know what fucking happened to Jean Bonnet. I got to know. If we were that basic, we don't know. So yeah. I'm very glad that you put it I on mean, there. I really do kind of believe in the brother theory, but I don't, you know. Yeah. I need to know for sure. I, I agree. And then I don't know if you've watched this, but I just watched this two-part Peacock um, doc with my family about uh, it's it. called Who it so Killed much. Robert Wan. I think this might be the sixth podcast I've talked about it on, including my own. <laughs> I, You're doing your own press tour I talk for about it. this all the time. Like, I produced it. Like, Don't it, worry. I will I will watch it. Like, you I haven't have seen it. And the only reason it, I haven't Janet. seen it is because I've never gotten Peacock. Oh. Like, I've just always put the Peacock stuff on a list and been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I'll get to you. I'm already paying yeah. a million dollars for all the oh, other exact, things. Oh, exactly. But my, now with the list is too high. This is pushing it over the edge. My I'm Peacock it today. is, I have a friend's login. I'm not even going to be tell you that I'm out here okay. paying for Peacock. Okay. I have a friend's login for Peacock. And this case is so wild like okay. it's just right. like like perfect stab wounds half of this guy's blood is missing they can't find the blood oh it's like my. really okay. a mystery so i need okay. to know what great. happened to robert Wan. great and then 
oh my god what's like another big unsolved i mean i'm gonna like i'm gonna kick myself if i don't get this i'm gonna i can i i can i can loan one to you if it feels like it resonates for you um and julian can edit this as if it was your idea if you would like but (laughs) i i live in the shadow of who killed Heyman lee i live in the shadow oh, oh i am a serial psycho i cannot believe i didn't think of this Please. We weren't talking about podcasts. Yes. Okay. Please. I need to know what happened to Heyman Lee. Because I also feel like we're so close because Adnan is like he didn't do it and he is out of prison yeah. and he's not going back to prison. Yeah. And this is the time to act. And this is the time to act. Like, I listened. You, like someone will f- can finally find this out. I listened to Serial all the way through two times. I listened to the podcast that his cousin started, Rabia, with two other lawyers where they just talked about it for weeks and weeks with like kind of no yeah, new information. It's amazing. Undisclosed. I listened to all yeah. of Undisclosed. And then I watched the HBO. Like I am yeah. such a Serial head. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yes. Okay. You, I, yeah, now you're making me this. feel like I am gonna find out. Like I'm like, yes, no, of course I pick to. that. We, I I believe I believe that we, we will find this out. I believe that this will that she will get justice. Okay, uh, next category. Um, let's do three movies that you can jump into whenever you want, and you're not reliving the plot. You're just in that world with those characters, like in that environment. Oh, like three movies I could just become a part of and be in whenever you want. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then you could come back out. So it's almost like going on vacation inside the movie. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Three movies, three movies. Oh, okay. Mamma Mia. Great. I'm obsessed. I want to go to Greece. I want to dance with those people. I want to get drunk with Christine Baranski. I want that. Yes. Yes. And, oh, Mamma Mia slash Mamma Mia 2. Here I go again. Um, those don't those those can be one I'm, I'm lumping them together absolutely <laughs> um oh well waiting for guffman is one of my favorite movies oh, so yes. i would love to jump into that movie and just be in that yes. play meet all those actors um, absolutely actors yeah absolutely. um yeah okay and then um what is another movie that i love oh my gosh like, now, do you do you are you like a because you know some people are like immediately they're like the Potterverse, Star Trek, and Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll go straight into like. And I'm not what I'm getting from you is not necessarily like I don't need to be in a spaceship. I don't need to be living under the sea. Yeah, I'm want to be. I this reality works for me with the twist of like it's these people yeah. in this reality. You know? I'm really not like I never have really been into fantasy stuff at all until I met my mm-hmm. husband and then I started watching Game of Thrones and like a few other other things but um yeah like I'm not a Star Wars he's a Trek person I'm not I'm not into any of that stuff so yeah and it's crazy because I know those are like fully formed universes that people would die to be in and hence the theme parks but okay I am more grounded what is one more thing oh god what okay um oh I mean my husband and I always talk about like wouldn't it have been fun to like live in New York in like the 80s but I'm like I don't think it would be <laughs> <laughs> what about like the when Harry met Sally okay in the that 80s? was the first you know so what I mean when you first, like autumn in New York when you first brought this up I thought you were saying what's a movie you can like watch at any point and yeah like, and and yes. watch the rest of it and that is when Harry met Sally for me like I will watch that movie from yes. minute one minute 47 minute 110 like oh, I, will I think watch. we need to drop you into that yeah I think we need to drop I, you I'm into when Harry that. met Sally yeah like okay, an autumnal great. and that means I get to go across like all kinds of decades in New York too 
Yeah, very good point. You very know? good point. Beautiful. Yes. Okay, beautiful. All right. And then final category. Let's do three. Ooh, what do I want to do for you? Three collaborations that you get to do with someone who maybe is no longer alive. Because um, I want to leave the world open for you to collaborate with anyone who's living. That could still happen. So this is more of like a wish list of like, um, I probably will never be able to collaborate with this person because they are no longer on this earth. Uh, and it could be, you know, if it's if you want to say, I am I do an album with Rod Stewart. That's a bad example. He's still alive. <laughs> if I want to do a, an album with blah, 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 even though I'm not a singer, I don't care that we you are in that world. So three people, yeah, three people you can collaborate with. I would love to, I would have loved to have collaborated with I will say Robin Williams. I will yes. say Phil Hartman. Yeah. I know both like tragic deaths, but I just thought they were like masters and I'm like, absolutely obsessed with as them. they were. 100%. And then yeah. I got to give you a woman who's like a, a dead woman I'd like to collaborate with. <laughs> I mean, you know who I love so much who just recently passed away was Christine McVeigh from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, And I just thought she was like the most beautiful singer. And I'm not like I would sing with her, but I don't know. Maybe I would write a song for her or something. Like, Absolutely. I don't know. I Absolutely. I love her. I love that. I love that. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and ten. Eight. Okay, great. All right. I am going to uh, do the very very basic math of uh, this is so funny because do you remember in in school mash was like two things had to be good but two things had to be horrible you don't play that way I don't play that I definitely don't (laughs) play that way this is all about wish fulfillment for me but also I there was no consistency for me on like how people played mash like some people did all positive some people did all positive but one had to be negative some people did half and half well it was always like crazy too because you'd be like all right you live in a shack in the swamp and you're a millionaire and it's like (laughs) why why then (laughs) like you know Everything you drive a Porsche. Out. It's like, what? Uh-huh. Where do I park it at the swamp? <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, okay. While I do this, uh, and we'll pause uh, and, and edit if um, if I'm not done by the time you finish, but please tell everyone where they can find you, what they should be checking out, <sighs> um, all that good stuff. This is your opportunity to vamp. Okay, great. Yet in a good way. Guys, it's me, Kara. Um, so my <laughs> name is Kara Clank, all Ks. Anytime you think there might be a C is just a K. Uh, and I'm, that's me on Instagram. That's me on the artist formerly known as X, but I'm about to get off of that because it's a sinking ship. But that's me on Instagram. And then my podcast is called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. It's on the Exactly Right Network. And we are uh, have new episodes every Tuesday. We are also on the road right now doing uh, live shows all across this beautiful country, including, uh, and Canada. We're doing a show in Toronto and, uh, you can see where we're going to be at that's messed up live.com and the podcast. You can just go anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to that's messed up. And if you happen to live in Los Angeles, I host a weekly comedy show with my husband called better half comedy at bar bandini in echo park. And it's a free, wonderful show that gets a big crowd and it we showcase some of LA's best comics and um that's kind of all I have going on right now guys so check those things out and um wonderful I hope my future's almost done it absolutely is <laughs> give me one second this future better be I mean I'm I'm excited I'm gonna have a I don't place. think you're gonna be sad I do not I'm think excited. there's gonna be any disappointment in here for you Okay. All right. This is, yeah, this is strong stuff. This is very strong stuff. Uh, First of all, God, where do I want to start you out? (sighs) 
well, I'm going to I'll work I'm going to work backwards for at least a second. I am very excited about this collaboration uh, with Christy McVie from from Fleetwood Mac. I love that that happened. I love that we have just a pinch more of her um, creativity and and talent. So you have collaborated with her on something very special. Um, I don't know if you guys recorded it here or uh, where she lived or uh, maybe even at your place in, in Rome. Yeah. Uh, but you have do have a charming and beautiful apartment in Rome. So apartment it is, Rome it is, not bad, not bad <laughs> at all. Um, unlimited bacon. Wow. Unlimited oh. bacon. <laughs> Zero pigs are harmed in the process. Delicious, perfect bacon. That's happening. Uh, you can jump into When Harry Met Sally oh, whenever you want to, which is a total dream. Between that and the Rome apartment, you are so set, So it's kind of like set. I got the New York you apartment, New York. too. You did. You absolutely <laughs> got New York. You cheated the system in a way that I helped with, and it makes me so happy. Uh, so that's happening. You also are, and this maybe explains why you have all of these things at your fingertips, a fantastic Adele-level chanteuse. (laughs) Chanteuse, chanteuse, chanteuse. It's happening. Somehow you have also solved the mystery of who killed John Bonet. Oh, it's so glad I had time to do that. Thank you. May I say, on behalf of all of us, (laughs) thank you. It's so long overdue. So long overdue. So we also have that. Uh, That leaves us with two of my favorite things to reveal to you. Number one is you're sharing all of this with the truly delightful Chris Pine. So (laughs) very, very well played on that. Um, He's going to fit into all of this. You're going to tell me he doesn't want to go into When Harry Met Sally? He's coming along, whether you like it or not. He does. He 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 wants to have what I'm having. He absolutely wants to have what you're having. (laughs) That is exactly right. The network that you were on. Uh, See how that happened. And then finally, (laughs) perhaps my favorite, although I hope it's not your favorite because all this other stuff is even better. But just the fact that you have some responsibility in the SVU episode bombshell. (laughs) You know, I was the only one we talked about at length. I think twincest needs to be discussed more (laughs) at length. Hashtag twincest. It's an issue that needs to come to the forefront. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, that's very satisfying. I got to I mean, I'm going to have to watch that. That's going to have to be my my foray uh, back (laughs) into the SUV universe, the SUV universe, the the yeah, the S universe V. (laughs) But you're saying SUV instead of SVU, (laughs) which a lot of people do. And that's okay. The SUV universe is where people talk about like Toyota Tundras or whatever and Pathfinders. Oh, God. Don't ever let me try to be clever ever again, because (laughs) that only happens incidentally. And if I try, it is a shit show. Um, Kara, thank you so much for doing the podcast. This has been an absolute blast. Um, Everybody, I feel that many of you probably already are on uh, their podcast bandwagon, but get on there if you're not. Yeah, come give us a um, listen. Give a listen and uh, and uh, and also check out the the live show. I love yeah. a delightful live show. Um, and everybody, uh, be well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Beautiful. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is "Back Before We Were Brittle" by the amazing Say Hi. Number one, we could save kittens from trees.
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.